As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. The race is on, and two big pieces of the long-term driver market puzzle have slotted into place, with Lando Norris for McLaren and Charles Leclerc for Ferrari committing to new long-term deals. But why have they dedicated their futures to their current teams, and what does it mean for their employers? I'm Ed Straw, and joining us to tell all is Scott Mitchell-Mown. Well, Scott, you're always on point when it comes to news stories. This one was a little bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, obviously, we are in a position where... We've got quite a volatile driver market coming up, uh, I think, over this year and probably across 25 as well. It kind of spans two seasons, really, with the way that contracts are expiring or maybe I should say were expiring because while you have a Ferrari announcement of a Charles Leclerc contract renewals quite uh, out of the blue in terms of it's you know, wasn't teased or anything like that, but very much expected, right? Like we've been expecting that for for weeks and weeks, if not months. I remember, I think it was in Austria last year was the was when it really sounded very firm that Leclerc wanted to stay at Ferrari and would be doing a new deal. It was just a matter of when. But the Norris one, yeah, a little bit more out of the blue because not not because it's the opposite situation to Leclerc, not because we thought he might be scratching at the door a little bit trying to get out of uh, McLaren. Certainly not the way they ended last season, but because he's still his existing deal didn't expire until the end of 2025. He had time um, and he could have waited. He could have played the field a, a little bit more. But as I'm sure we're about to get into, that wasn't something he wanted to, to entertain. He's quite happy to get it done early. What what would you be, Ed? Would, are you a, if you're an F1 driver in your pomp or with years ahead of you, are you a sit tight and maybe be part of the driver market drama or are you a get your ducks in a row early and then be able to crack on with the the plan i think it's always to get pen on paper isn't it if you're in the right place that is that's the key thing but yeah nice long-term stability is always good that always means you're a, a little bit more in control of what's going on so that that's what i favor so i, I can understand why uh, why norris quite enjoys that sort of thing but Let's just lay out what we know about this new deal and his reasons for committing. And you, of course, have heard from Lando Norris uh, not long before this podcast. Yeah, I heard from Lando Norris, uh, Zach Brown and Andrea Stella. So uh, all the, the key figures in, in this deal. So we, we it's a 
multi-year long-term extension. It's been characterised by Zach Brown as an extension. So I think it's existing contract, presumably on the new terms, runs to the end of 25. And I would imagine there's got to be at least two years on top of that. I'd be very surprised if this ends before 27. But the reason I can't be more specific is because McLaren won't tell us. It's the same with Ferrari and Leclerc, where they announce uh, several several seasons, but don't say until when, which is maybe some people think is not that surprising, but it is actually. Uh, When Norris did his last McLaren deal, which was February 2022, I think, we knew it ran until the end of 2025, and we knew it didn't have any break clauses because they were explicit about that. They wanted to get ahead of that. When Oscar Piastri signed his new long-term McLaren contract last year, we know, we knew, and still know, obviously, that that runs until the end of 2026. But we don't know how long Norris' deal uh, runs for. And that's why um, I, asked, uh, I asked Zach Brown why the secrecy when there wasn't before. And he, he initially tried to shrug it off a a little bit um sort of joked and said it's because it's our business but Norris's last deal was their business too Piastri's deal was their business too and we know we knew the details there so there will there will be a reason why um I mean I know you just asked and and said about the, the 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 rationale for 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 Norris signing this deal but just before we get on to that just a quick tangent on this Ed how how do you feel about the, cause, because for me, it feels a bit like secrecy for the sake of secrecy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're businesses, so they're not obliged to disclose this. But I actually think at a time when sports in general are, are trying to give more to fans and their big talking points, I don't see any reason not to. Because everybody who's who matters will find out, shall we say, in terms of driver, driver managers and everybody talks. So... It's not like any rival teams are going to be given any extra information, really, because they'll know very quickly because there's people whose whole job is to work the driver market. And if you're a driver manager, even if your driver's signed up for the long haul, you are still doing all that, making sure you know where everything is. And if you're a team boss, even if your driver lineup signed up for the long term, you're keeping a very close eye on where the chess pieces are, where they might move. So I, I actually don't. I don't think there's any particular need for the secrecy. They don't need to release the contracts or anything, but just things like duration is quite an important thing, I think, for the general peripheral storylines of of Formula One. So I don't see why they shouldn't be a bit more open about it. If they don't have to be, though, why not? Well, the thing is, for me, it's just it's you don't lose anything. That's the, that's what I find so strange. You don't lose anything by saying when it runs until. And if anything, you you cause yourself more problems because you have people doing exactly what we're doing now, right? Where you're you're speculating on, oh, is there a reason behind this? And and I think there are. Like there will be a reason why they told us when Norris's last deal ran to, and they've told us when Piastri's deal runs to, but they won't tell us why this when this runs to. And I and I think there are two reasons why that would be. One, it's I it's either that that Norris hasn't signed up for as long as he did before. So he hasn't done another four-year deal and McLaren doesn't want there to be too much focus on why he's only done a three-year deal when last time it was four years. Or it'll be something to do with break clauses because, as I say, first the, the last time Norris did a long-term McLaren extension, we were told he didn't have a break clause. And I understand that. I, I get that he didn't feel that he, he needed one um, in that moment. But the circumstances are different now. He's a bit older. Um, sooner or later there will be other teams and there have been teams sniffing around for him so I'd be surprised if this this deal has been done without an option somewhere like performance related or or whatever so maybe and and it can it'll be the same for Leclerc I'm sure there'll be a reason why Ferrari's decided to break from convention 
because Zach Brown can laugh and say this is the way it normally works and actually by telling you everything last time we were that was a bit different. No, we, we do normally know when contracts run until and, and there'll be a reason why that isn't the case and I'm sure it will either be it'll be because of it's because there's something about the contract that they don't want us to know. It, it, they're not and, and I don't mean that it obviously sounds quite obvious because they're hiding it. What I mean is that there's something about it that is it's in their interest to keep that hidden. And that can only relate to the duration's not as long as people maybe expect it to be or whatever, something like that. Or because there's a break clause in it that means they can't, they, they want to say he's definitely going to be with us until X, but they can't say that because there's a break clause. So it just suits them to just say it's a multi-year deal. Yeah, and of course you can have option-based things as well. It can be options on either side. They can be based on certain things. The team can have an option on the driver if certain performance levels have been achieved by the team, etc., etc., as well as, should we say, these outright break clauses. But admittedly, those more emphatic break clauses by which it says, right, you are free to leave this contract if this doesn't happen, those are the things they want to keep a bit more quiet because that's a bit trickier to to find out because normally if you're dealing with a driver, you'll kind of have to believe what they tell you on the contract. I mean, when it comes time to sign, then they probably need to show you something to to make it clear. But but that's kind of where the, uh, the uncertainty is. But it seems fair to assume, because he was, as you say, contracted to 25. So the contract duration in one way, shape or form, the total span, whether that's some years as options or whatever, is presumably a chunk longer. I think it's fair to assume that. It's just a question of how long that total span is and how secure the back end of those total spans are. And, and I'll just throw in one other little general fact. I don't know the details of this contract, but generally when we talk about the value of contracts, the payments tend to be backloaded by way of a bit of a loyalty thing. So you might have a, a deal that's X amount of money, but it'll be 6 million one year, 7 million the next year, 8 million the next year, just to, to kind of engineer in a little bit of that. So I just thought I'd, I'd throw that in as a bit of a tangential fact. But it, we can assume Norris has got something for a reasonably long duration, even if it's not as far forward as, say, Leclerc's is rumoured to be at 2029? Yeah, so Leclerc's rumoured to be until 2029, but I reckon Lando's is probably... My my gut feeling, and I and I say this, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, my gut feeling is that this contract is going to run until the end of twenty twenty seven at the earliest. I think it'll be fixed until the end of twenty seven, maybe twenty twenty eight, and there'll be an option beyond that. It'll either be an option or a break clause because you can have it both ways, can't you? You can either have the contract already exists to run until, like let's say Leclerc's, for example, the way it was speculated over the winter is the contract runs until 2029, but he has a break clause after the third year, so at the end of 2027. But it could also be, you could also do it the other way around, where you do a three-year contract with an option on the driver's side for an additional one or two. And my suspicion is that Norris has a similar kind of mechanism he ever has an, an option or or, or, or a break uh, the reason I, I suspect that is because just because he's in a slightly different phase of, of his career now so and in explaining this I can answer the question that you asked me a few minutes ago Ed he is he's very loyal to McLaren he, he really wants the same as Leclerc with Ferrari he he wants to he wants to win with this team there's a there's a degree of loyalty and gratitude and, and a great deal of affection and sentiment from Norris towards McLaren and in the other direction as well, of course. Um, so he he is looking for reasons to stay most of the time. And when you have a team that's on an upward trajectory again on track, like they were in the second half of 2023, he really likes what Andrea Stella's done with the team, I think, 
I can imagine as a driver, Stella's an absolutely fantastic team principal to to work under. He's felt that there's an atmosphere within McLaren that hasn't existed on that level before because they were achieving so much more with what they already had last year. And now they've added the wind tunnel and simulator that have been working on the car since September last year with. They've brought in David Sanchez and Rob Marshall from Ferrari and Red Bull respectively. So there's this real momentum around McLaren again which didn't exist 12 months ago, 18 months ago. So Norris has kind of gone, okay, well, they're convincing me on track again. They're convincing me off track. I want to be here. There's a big rules change coming up in 2026, which we all need to be focused on. And I've got opportunities this year and next year, because I really believe we're going to be in a strong position to fight for wins and, and, and keep this upward curve going. He knows that, it's very, very important as the lead driver to buy into that and be seen as part of that project. And I I, I do understand why people get frustrated at drivers committing sort of longer term and taking themselves out of the fun of the driver market and whatnot. But Norris has no interest in being part of that speculation. He admitted he quite enjoys it when he sees himself linked with Red Bull. He finds it quite funny what people write about him and stuff like that. But he knows that from a team point of view, that's probably a bad thing because you don't want the your rank and file workers, the people on the day-to-day basis that are basically making the difference between whether you have a competitive car or not, to be wondering whether or not your driver's leaving. So he wanted to nip that in the bud. That was one of the motivations for, for doing it. And he just, he sets a course now for him and McLaren to work towards. They can focus on 24, they can focus on 25, they can focus on the new regs in 26 and hitting that as hard as they possibly can without there being a question mark hanging over everyone everyone's heads, which is, is Lando going to leave? Is a Red Bull going to come in for him? Can Red Bull come in for him? That is all taken off the table by this deal. And and, and I get it. To, to me, it, it makes a lot of sense because he's not got He's not got a better alternative right now. The way McLaren ended last season, I don't see that as being any worse an option in the mean, in the medium term than Ferrari or Mercedes. And if he goes into Red Bull, he's going to go there as Max Verstappen's teammate, and I don't think he's going to get a straight shot against Verstappen, whether Red Bull would even want to hire him because of the potential for uh, two alphas in the same team causing a bunch of problems. So I, I, I totally get why he is in this and has decided to go all in on this. Yeah, and it's good as well because taking any question marks about his future as far as the people in the team are concerned is important because we've talked about the potential for this Piastri versus Norris battle as Piastri builds on his promising first season. So it's useful when it comes to that as well. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Well, let's quickly consider the wider implications of this, Scott. We talked a few weeks ago about predicting the driver market. That was for 2025, but we talked about all sorts of factors. We did say that barring a, a lightning bolt, Norris would be there in 25 because he's contracted anyway. But what do you make of the impacts on, on the rest of the world? There'll be a few drivers who might be looking at that Norris deal thinking, oh, sort of starting to think how McLaren could fit into options certainly for, for 26. So it, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's significant. It's not seismic, but that there's an effect there. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll almost throw it back at you straight away, Ed, which is that linking it to the other news we've had this week, it's immediately a potential port in a storm taken away from Carlos Sainz, isn't it? We, 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 were, we were having this conversation, I think it was last night, as we see him record this now, um, where because we were thinking about the driver market implications and we were working on some um, some content around the kind of dilemmas with the with the driver market because Leclerc has that that was such an it was barely the first domino Leclerc at Ferrari wasn't it because we were we we just knew it was coming but it's the second it's the second part of Ferrari that is the the question mark which is what does Carlos Sainz do and one of the things we talked about was well actually you know going back to McLaren would presumably potentially be an option depending on what happened there if you're Alex Albon for example looking for a way out of Williams if Sainz is renewed at Ferrari I bet McLaren and Aston Martin are very high on his want list um that's not an option um now so McLaren's driver lineup's locked in until the end of 2026 with uh, Norris and Piastri so it does take away it takes away a plum seat doesn't it in the in the in the driver market and you'd have to say it's not the most sought it wasn't the most sought after seat because obviously red bull is probably your number one uh what number one target destination but what do you think would a would a driver look at a mclaren seat now as coveted as a mercedes or even a ferrari seat uh it's not too far off i think it when you're talking about something for 26 it's all part of the equation isn't it because you're always the, the chessboard's always moving in the driver market so it's all about how that might have a knock-on effect and for example one thing I think it does have an impact on you mentioned Carlos Sainz it also I think fractionally weakens his position if he wants to say just oh okay I'll take a short-term Ferrari deal maybe a one plus one or something because he could think well there might be a McLaren opportunity in 26 but now unless something happens unexpected that's less like now. So it just slightly shifts that equation. It's not like the predominant number in that equation or anything, but it, it's just part of it. So it's sort of all part of the whole landscape. And, and that's what this game is. It's not so much drivers say, right, that's definitely the seat I'm definitely going to get. It's all about kind of judging how things balance. And then it has an impact on your negotiations as well. Because if you're negotiating with someone who has sciences with Ferrari, they know what options are being narrowed, etc. And if McLaren's taken off the board for science, which effectively this is for for twenty five, uh, for twenty six rather certainly, although science's contract ends at the end of this year, I think that does have a little bit of an impact. It doesn't transform it, but just shifts things around a bit. And it also has a massive impact on what we perceive Red Bull to be thinking about and and doing, because as we talked about on the predicting the twenty five driver market podcast. Okay, we had Norris and Piastri sticking with McLaren, but in that didn't we, we discussed, didn't we, that you can't rule out, you couldn't rule out Red Bull trying to get Norris if he was available, if it was possible to turn his head, if the, for any reason the contract situation with McLaren wasn't resolved early, then it would be vulnerable to potentially events in 2024 creating an opportunity for Red Bull to go after Norris. Red Bull have constantly talked up Norris as an option. 
Um, and he seemed like the kind of perfect partner for Verstappen in terms of they get on well off the track. They're both very adaptable drivers. They both like a car with um, a very strong front end. So technically they would seem to be quite compatible as well. But the big question mark was, do you want two, two alphas there? So there, there was this, it was it's just a fascinating, almost never-ending link between Red Bull and Norris. And that was never going to stop. All the while, Norris was not under contract beyond 2025 because, and I think I might have said this on that other podcast, but either McLaren would have known he was going at the end of 25 or and, and just have accept that that's when they lose him or it would have agreed a deal to let him go at the end of 2024 because they know they're going to lose him anyway, but this way they might be able to get a quite bit of compensation out of Red Bull or something like that. And with Sergio Perez's seat constantly being scrutinised, with Daniel Ricciardo not making an absolutely spellbinding account of himself in his cameos around his injury last season, with Yuki Tsunoda just not seemingly being top of Red Bull's list, despite arguably being the best option, that Red Bull seat and who would take it if they went outside the programme was a, it's one of the biggest talking points for 2024. Norris was a part of that but he cannot be linked to that anymore. We joked on that podcast, didn't we, about what you'd have to pay to get Norris out of a contract ending in 2025. If this one runs until 27-28, you're looking at £150 million that McLaren would demand, I reckon. I don't, I don't think there'd be a number that Red Bull could pay to get... So Norris is off the table completely for Red Bull now. To be fair, I, I almost interpret it slightly differently, and it doesn't really change it, because I don't think... Red Bull could go to the number high enough, really, to justify McLaren doing it. Anyway, maybe if you got into 25, it might, because it'd be the last year. So possibly. But I, I almost feel like there's still that lingering thing in the background with Norris. It might even be more easy to if there are specific performance clauses and McLaren slumps. But of course, I've got fairly high confidence that McLaren's going to keep keep going because they've been so convincing in the progress they're making, the rationale, the the strategic approach they're taking with it all, I'm pretty convinced that McLaren should be able to make the progress. So I suspect that'll uh, be the, the most powerful thing. But yeah, it's it's an interesting scenario in in the, in the driver market. And if you're... Well, there's other drivers, someone like Albon as well, because McLaren do hold Albon in reasonably high regard. So he'd have been a possibility for there. So it has a little bit of an effect on, on him as well. He's the same position as Science. He's out of contract for next season. So it didn't line up the old Norris contracts and that, but still, it all has a little bit of a, an effect. I don't think Albon would have taken a short-term deal with anyone for 25 anyway, but this makes it even less likely because that'll be one less desirable uh, piece on the board. And it, I, I don't know, it probably moves Aston Martin slightly up in terms of the interest level for drivers looking at good seats. So, and maybe makes Mercedes a bit more interesting for 26, given there's obviously... The, the everlasting questions over Hamilton that he's kind of going contract to contract almost with retirement talk inevitably flaring up. So there's little questions there. It's it's why it's funny. It's sort of this move by Norris has, has calmed the driver market waters a little bit, but it's also not changed it monstrously. It's it's quite a funny one in, in that regard, but it'll certainly have a little bit of an impact on, on some drivers and just also really good for McLaren, I think, as well, because that's a really strong driver lineup. Piastri's going to only get better this year. Norris is very, very, very good, and he's still got a little bit more room for improvement, as we've talked about before. So 
this is kind of dynasty building for McLaren, I think. I said they've been really strategic with everything they're doing and all the infrastructure improvements. They see drivers as really important, and they're absolutely right to, because now Formula One is a game where you don't just pick up a really good driver sort of on the hoof. You've got to be really, really long-term in your planning. And I like the fact that McLaren's not taking it for granted. They thought, right, let's do everything we can to get this in place, and all credit to them for, for doing that. So... I imagine Zach Brown and Andrea Stella must have been quite pleased about the whole thing when you uh, when you spoke to them earlier. Yeah, they are. They obviously they they recognise that Norris is a a key pillar of what they're building there, the dynasty that they're putting together, as you put it, Ed. Um, they recognise that he was absolutely key to the scale of the turnaround that they had last year because as um, good as Piastri was he wasn't able to deliver the performances on a consistent basis in the way that Norris was what was it six second places and a third place and a couple of sprint podiums a sprint pole for Norris he put so much gloss on that that turnaround for McLaren last year and made it just he showed exactly how much McLaren had turned it around and and when you have the buy-in of a top driver it does make such a big difference to a project because everybody in the team can see what they're working towards. There's no suggestion of, oh, our driver thinks he's too good for us now or our driver's looking for, for a way out or even not even an antagonistically towards the driver but just an element of, oh, God, now we've lost him as well because he he's going. They know that they have the strongest individual parts all coming together. So it's it's very important. I don't massively like the term I've used it a few times but we've often heard and and Zach Brown is one of the people who uses this we've often heard the terms franchise driver um, thrown around quite a lot in the last few years and you can see it Lewis Hamilton is that for Mercedes Max Verstappen is that for Red Bull Leclerc and Norris are that for Ferrari and McLaren and Piastri might be that as well because I think McLaren have got a very good driver lineup in in the long term but you you need you need buy-in from your biggest individuals and when you have Mercedes sort of did it fairly recently in Wolf and Jack, Toto Wolf and James Allison signing new long-term contracts it's about the message that it sends to the whole organization about what they're doing to sponsors to 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 different partners and and it'll be the same with this you you can't it's not just about oh this means that McLaren will probably get some better results on track in the next few years it's about it's about the broader sort of vision and actually putting that vision into practice. It's it's got symbolic value, but it also has a tangible inf- impact and effect on the uh, organisation as a whole. Yeah, and I think it's positive that McLaren don't just have one driver that can be their franchise driver, as you've described it in the past, but that might put them in a position to have too if Piastri develops as hoped and I think that's really important I like teams that try and have a very very strong driver lineups and then hopefully can manage any tensions between them that puts them in a really good position it can be hugely beneficial when you're in a proper world championship fight as McLaren conceivably could be maybe not this year but in the seasons beyond that certainly within the the range of their current drivers contracts so yeah very uh very positive I think for for that whole team and just it's a big validation for everything they're doing I think that they've managed to get Norris and Piastri in fact so so keen on staying for the long term Hi producer Johnny here interrupting the show momentarily to tell you about Roan a clothes brand we think you'd like I don't know about you but finding clothes you like can be tough sizes can vary from brand to brand and fabrics can be poor quality or uncomfortable 
We all know a good outfit can impact your confidence and help you feel your best. And that's where Roan comes in. Their range of stylish, functional, business casual menswear helps you look good without having to think about it. It's versatile, high quality and durable and works in a range of social and professional settings. Roan's commuter collection includes products for every occasion, including the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos and blazers. It also features, and get this, wrinkle release technology and gold fusion anti-odor technology for more wears between washes, so you'll be fresh and clean all day long. Roan were kind enough to send me a shirt and some pants from the commuter collection, and I can tell they're going to be part of my wardrobe for a long time to come. The commuter collection could get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com forward slash race and use promo code race to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com forward slash race and use code race. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Let's move on to Ferrari and Charles Leclerc now, Scott. Obviously, his deal was pretty widely telegraphed. We've been talking about it as if it's done because it was done sometime at the back end of last year, but it is now announced. What do we officially know about the length of this deal? We referred to 29 earlier. So what what approach have Ferrari taken and and what does this mean for the driver market? Yes, I hinted at this earlier. Um, Same as McLaren. Um, Part of me wonders if McLaren was actually inspired in any way by seeing that Ferrari didn't disclose it. But yeah, Ferrari didn't say... The, the length of Leclerc's deal. There's a there was a quote from Leclerc in their announcement where he says he's looking forward to being there for several more seasons, I think was the phrase that he used. So it gives it away that it's um several more seasons. Several usually means more than two. Um so it's at least a three year deal. Again, my theory from earlier, he did a five year deal last time. You remember it was at the end of twenty nineteen, the end of his first year with Ferrari new deals that covered twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three and twenty twenty four. There's your five years. Um, I don't imagine he's done another five-year deal because if he had, I'm sure Ferrari would be telling us because getting Leclerc on a five-year deal one year into the Fred Vasseur era, having uh, having rebuilt almost Leclerc's faith in that project, I think the Mattia Bonotto period by the end of 2022 had done a bit of damage and I, I, I don't think their relationship was very good, but it must have also eroded some of the luster that Leclerc held Ferrari in. If you've got a five-year deal in the pocket with him at the end of that, I'm sure you're telling the world that. I'm absolutely convinced. But could you not apply the same logic to this situation as you did with the Norris contract? There may be some complicating factors that mean they don't want to be absolute. No, that's what I'm saying. That's the point I was making earlier, and that's what I'm saying Saying, saying here. I, I think if, they, if they'd done a, a straight five-year deal, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. They'd, be t- they'd be telling us. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a way for him to get to five years in this current deal. It could be three plus two. It could be five with a break clause. And I, I'm sure in the fullness of time, we will we will know 
what he currently has. I think I think we we might get to the end of preseason testing and have a pretty good idea from some paddock gossip what uh, Norris and Leclerc are doing con- contractually. Um, like I said earlier, I think I do find it a bit disappointing that the, the, there isn't that transparency. But that but that is 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 what it is. The the, the knock on impl- implications are very clear, aren't they? It's Okay, well, Leclerc's got a new deal. Why hasn't haven't they announced Carlos signs? And because he hasn't got a deal. Yeah, exactly. That, that that's the only. They're not playing games. They're not just trying to space it out. If they had both drivers signed, sealed, and delivered, they'd be saying both drivers signed, sealed, and delivered. And to me, this can only mean that there's an impasse of some kind. And remember, it was signs, not Leclerc, who wanted to have his future wrapped up. Leclerc kind of didn't care. Signs explicitly wanted it done before the start of this season didn't he so I think he even wanted it by the end of last year yeah and Ferrari have made public noises about wanting to get them both tied down and some people have said that they want to get rid of Sainz but I don't think that's the case I think Ferrari are keen to keep Sainz Sainz wants to stay there but it's all a question of duration isn't it Sainz knows that he wants a decent long-term properly lucrative uh, deal and I think the, the length is more important almost than the lucrative side, but I'm, I'm sure he wants both and he's a Grand Prix winning driver, so that's that's legitimate. So it's a question of that game of brinkmanship, isn't it? Does Sainz just sort of at some point say, oh, I'll, I'll take another whatever at Ferrari, even if it's just a one plus one or something when he wants probably a two plus one? I think he well, he'd probably want even longer with Ferrari, but he's not going to get a deal to 2029. That would be asking too much, I think. So it's a very interesting scenario because you've got Sainz in this position where we know he's looking around. We know Sauber likes him. There's other teams he's sort of taken a look at because that's part of the the job of a driver who's out of contract. You need to look at alternative options that could work in both both as destinations and as leverage. So interesting scenario for Sainz because Ferrari might be sat back thinking, well, we're happy to keep you for something that's not as long-term as you want. We don't think your position's strong enough to to say no to that so we'll just sit and wait for a little bit put some pressure on you to sign on the dotted line that seems to be where the situation's at it's really interesting I don't know where the breaking point in that impasse will actually end up being but it could go both ways I was pretty confident science would stay on on the predicting the driver market for 25 podcast but this may be slightly erodes that confidence I still think Ferrari should keep him if they can I still think science should, science should stay there as we know he wants to but very very interesting scenario it is interesting, and and I agree with you that the confidence that Sainz stays there has dwindled in, I would say, over the last few months. Um, and I also agree with you that I I do think a renewal is what both sides want. But it's that you've got these in, in the Venn diagram. You've got one side is how long Sainz wants to be at Ferrari. The other side is how long Ferrari wants to be with Sainz, and it's whether or not they can cross over at all. Because if if Ferrari genuinely if Ferrari genuinely only wants him for one year because it's got eyes on someone else for 2026 or because it's not 100% convinced and wants to see something extra from signs I don't really see the point in in keeping him because it it's not the same because he's not the same driver as Fernando Alonso but it's a but it it, it just feels a little bit like when Alpine only wanted to offer Alonso one plus one now that was age related that was because they were worried that Alonso would deteriorate which was just the concern of someone who does not understand understand sport and clearly didn't understand the person that they had within their organization which is Lauren Rossi uh at Ferrari if you if you think Sainz is your driver to your deal j- j- there's no reason not to 
if you have question marks over him, so so much so that you're only willing to offer him one year, just don't. Just just find someone else because Alex Albon, and I said this on that podcast that we did. I think Alex Albon is a the perfect option for for Ferrari because he is he's he's young he's. He is young, even though he doesn't consider himself a young F1 driver, and I know what he means by that. He's got plenty of years ahead of him. He's still he's still got room to improve, but he is clearly peaking as a driver versus what we've seen from him before in Formula One. He has history working with Leclerc. They were teammates, I think, and title rivals in in GP3. He's a wonderful person to work with because he's a lovely person outside of the car, but he's an incredibly hard and diligent worker. Um, as well I think he has grown and matured as a driver technically and intellectually in that year that he had as Red Bull's reserve driver I think that did the world of good for him when you consider that 2019 and 2020 was so whirlwind for him half a season as a rookie at Toro Rosso then thrown into the Red Bull for half a season then he has the Covid year at, at Red Bull so you have pre-season testing then a massive gap and then this quick fire run of awkward races, some on circuits you don't know, just this very difficult kind of period to to go through where he was struggling with the car as well and just had no time to digest. And I don't and I think that year out gave him a lot of not just perspective, but just opportunity to understand himself as a driver and the car that he had been driving. And I think he knew that if he had the 2020 Red Bull again, he'd do a better job. If he was in the 2021 Red Bull, he was very confident he'd be closer to Verstappen than Perez was. And since he's been at Williams, he's just shown himself capable of rising to the occasion of a, as a team leader. He hasn't wilted under pressure. He's, I, I think the Melbourne crashing, uh, crashing out in a good position there is the only time I can think of him throwing something away at Williams. He is just... He is tailor-made to be given an opportunity again in a bigger team, tailor-made for what Ferrari wants, I think, from Leclerc's teammate. So if you don't think that signs can cut it for more than a year, or if that's the reason, if that's the hold-up, just pick Albon. But maybe they want to offer signs a 2 plus 1, and it's signs who's the holdout, and he's demanding three years or more. I mean, I don't think that's the case, but... It's just it feels a lot like Ferrari saying one thing and then doing something a little bit different behind the scenes. Yeah, I would have thought science is realistic, but ultimately we know that Audi slash Sauber slash Stake, whatever uh, uh, we call it, because obviously this is for the future, so it, it's really with an eye on on when it becomes the Audi works team that that gives that team its appeal. But they could be offering science big money and a very long term deal. He can probably pretty much name his contract length for there because they desperately need a driver of his sort of caliber and obviously it's not super appealing so there's a little bit to balance up there but I must admit I still think the value of staying on at Ferrari vastly exceeds the value of a long-term deal with a team that's still got quite a lot to prove in terms of being able to be winning races in F1 so it's it's tricky for science I, I can't believe he'll be overplaying his hand so much that he wants a super long-term deal but my best guess will be that it, it's it's in that area of is it a shorter term one or a or a medium term one? If we want to say, say a two plus one is a medium term. So, very interesting situation, and I'm fascinated to see who breaks there because, like you say, the Albon option, the Albon alternative, gives Ferrari just a great choice there because I can't see Albon's future being sorted out in the next few months. Let's say he'll he'll have to wait a bit. The only scenario, the only scenario in which Alvin's future wouldn't be set is if Ferrari were to sign him, because that's the, the the kind of plum drive that will be available unless 
something unexpected like Red Bull taking an, an interest. So, yeah, really, really interesting. And science is a sharp operator, and he'll, he'll think about all those other elements, uh, the the commercial side of it, what it sets him up for in life, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, it's it's a it's a really big deal. So I'm fascinated to see where it, uh, where it goes. And, yeah, as we said, the... The fact the Leclerc deal is now formalised, I suspect Ferrari quite like the idea of announcing them both. And I think Vasseur did refer to wanting to get both the drivers sorted before the season started uh, when he talked about it in, in, in December. So a bit of an impasse combined with the fact that that McLaren option's a bit weaker as just a, a little future possibility for, for Sainz just shifts things around a bit. So I'm fascinated to know what uh, what Carlos Sainz is thinking. But are you are you thinking that your proposal on the podcast we did a few weeks ago, predicting the driver market, where you argued eloquently that it was going to be Leclerc Albin at, at Ferrari and, and me and Ben kind of disagreed with you and we stuck with Sainz. Do you think you might be looking extra smug and you might restore your reputation in terms of driver market I was just after, about after, to say after the Alonso Ferrago. I was just about to say this is going to be the um, this is the counterweight to Alonso Hungary to uh, 2022. This is going to give me a little bit of credibility back. So good, excellent. It's the world 117 me one if uh, this comes <laughs> off and I'm correct. The comeback begins. That's what it's all about. But, yes. <laughs> but what a one! <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but it's it, it's it's an interesting set of moves in the in the driver market. It's all a complicated picture that's always shifting and always evolving. Still, lots of intrigue in the twenty twenty five driver market, particularly. But uh, yeah, that that Norris deal in particular that's just been announced. Perhaps an unexpected tick in a box early on. Well, thanks very much, Scott, for your insight. Head to the race.com. Don't forget the hyphen. Plenty to read there about Norris's McLaren deal and the rest of goings on in the F1 world. Check out our other podcasts covering Formula E, IndyCar, and MotoGP. And also have a listen to the Race F1 Tech Show with the legendary Gary Anderson. And have a look at our videos on YouTube as well. There's plenty for you to watch there. Well, we're going to brace ourselves for the next bombshell in the driver market, whenever that will be. So stay with us for everything you need to know from the world of Formula One. The Athletic.